and welcome to Star Wars Warts and All, a podcast where we talk about all the stuff we love about Star Wars Warts and All. My name is Will. Joining me again are my good friends, Ben. Hello. Bill. Hi. And Chris. Of course. What? There's two words, man. Come on. Yeah. Come on. We're the, the best character from episode one. Should know this. Is it everybody's favorite? Kister? Yeah. When does he say, of course, though? Uh, well, it, it was. <sighs> finish the race, of uh, course. Uh, yeah, yeah. The end of a sentence, really? Come it. on. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a deep cut yeah. for everyone at home. And tonight we're talking about the Phantom Menace, but more specifically, why the Phantom Menace is the best Star Wars movie. This is so wizard, and I'm sure you'll do it this time. Do what? Finish the race, of course. much fear in you. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Okay, so this week, we're trying something a little different. Um, mostly because we tried to... What do you call it? Crowdsource ideas? Or, yeah, sure. Is that the right word? Right term? Yeah, I guess, yeah. I posted it on Reddit. on the <laughs> Not crowdfunding, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> on the subreddit, uh, r slash... How do you, do you say r slash when you say the name of a subreddit? I feel like such a nerd right now. I just I usually just say the... Subreddit. Yeah. Star Wars Canteen. HTTP colon slash slash. It's the Star Wars no Cantina SSL? subreddit. Not not the main Star Wars subreddit because the Star Wars Cantina is free of toxicity and that's why we love it. It's all right. You know, coming from the much like we try to try to come at Star Wars, a place of positivity and maybe f- f- poking fun, tongue in cheek humor, but otherwise. Mostly focusing on the good stuff. Um, so what I did, or this this concept we came up with was was basically, uh, you know, we always say you know we don't love everything about Star Wars, but rather than write off an entire movie just because there's something in it you don't like, what we're gonna do is focus on what are the things that stand out. In, in this case, the Phantom Menace, uh, possibly setting it apart from all other films. What does it do better than any other? So we're answering the question. Or finishing the sentence, I should say. The Phantom Menace is the best Star Wars movie for... Fill in the blank. That's the concept. And I'll start us off, because I think... This is kind of stupid, but the... Phantom Menace is the best Star Wars movie for Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. Duh. Can't really have an argument there. 
I'll agree with that. It's the only movie he's in. But it's worth saying. I, I think he's probably the only part of this movie that, like, there is no one who will complain about him. Right. I would hope so. Yeah. Well, he's such a good character. Yeah. It also it? arguably <laughs> kicked off Liam Neeson's action movie star as an older man career. <laughs> True. Was this the first big thing before he? I don't know. Did Other than every list, that was like the only other taken. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, like action wise. Yeah, I don't know. I think does this start so. him down that path? I don't, I don't know. I don't. his whole career. I, should, I guess I should have looked it up if I was going to make a case for it. But it's the first time I was aware of him. Right. That's for sure. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. And he and was think, awesome um, in this. Yeah, th- so the, the argument is not, obviously it's the best movie for Qui-Gon Jinn because it's his only movie, but it's more of a case of like, don't just write off episode one because of the stuff you don't like. You can still enjoy Qui-Gon Jinn, you know? Same with Darth Maul. Yeah. I, I mean, that goes without saying, too. This is the only movie that you can see Darth Maul in. Yeah, maybe... He's a great villain. Maybe you should well, like this movie better than the other prequels because it's the only one with... Qui-Gon Jinn and Darth Maul. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, Darth Maul was made a, a small appearance in Solo. Yeah, but that's not okay. his best appearance. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking semantics here. I mean, you say it's his only movie. He's technically in another one. Let's, you know, before people chew our heads off. Okay, true, ag- true. You know, yeah. if we're going to post this on Reddit, it might happen. We do know that Darth Maul was in Solo briefly. Um, another one along the same lines that we should just toss in here is uh, Phantom Menace is the best Star Wars movie for pod racing, which came from Reddit user Bovi, which is absolutely true. But I mean, obviously, it's the only Correct. movie that ha- has pod racing in it. Yeah. But, but it's, it's also, also. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it, it's also a great moment in Star Wars uh, for as much as people might hate it. It's still a great moment in Star Wars because it, it it's part of that whole world building aspect, or or in this in this sense, galaxy building aspect. You know, it's something that all these people from around the the galaxy come to to witness this race. It's like you know Star Wars NASCAR, pretty much. Yeah, it's yeah. you know it's it's an important part, even if it's not everybody's cup of tea. It's also a really important part for when this movie came out with the, you know, the audio and the visual and everything about yeah, it from a filmmaker's that's aspect. That's what I was going to say is it's right. a, it's a marvel. It's impressive. Yeah. On the technical side with especially the audio, um, the sound. Yeah. yeah when we, the when sound we reviewed was, or rewatched, I think we really dug into all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. How incredible that scene is with the pod race engines and the, um, it, in, the music that the, kicks in late in the on the third lap, mm-hmm. right? Is that is mm-hmm. that how it works? Is it something like that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When, when, yeah when, when the stakes uh, when the, are highest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this movie also it captures that whole feeling throughout the entire movie, because when this movie came out, there really wasn't a lot like it. Like when you're, you know, you've got the cascading waterfalls of Naboo and Theed and everything like that. It just felt a lot more sci-fi. 
than the original trilogy, and I'll probably yeah, get stabbed a, for that. But it's a lot bigger in in scope and spectacle in that it's sort of way. More dynamic because it's less just static matte paintings as backgrounds. Yeah, There's actual right, motion right. and and creatures moving around. Sure. And, yeah, and, yeah, you that's know, it. Like like the waterfalls and leaves rustling. I'm well, sure. Why, too, we should know, jump into just, the next one because I think we're. I want to stick to the topic here. We're answer, we're finishing the sentence. The Phantom Menace is the best Star Wars movie <laughs> for. What? And this is one that uh, Sparky Sywer, I don't know how you say that, Sparky Sywer? Sewer? On sure. Reddit. He, he made a great point. I love this one. Phantom Menace is the best Star Wars movie for world building. Yeah, now, there yes. might be some argument here, um, but I think he makes an excellent point. No, uh, I fully Because when I we talk about world him. building, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to kind of define what we mean by world building, I guess. It's like you got to have world building in any sci-fi or fantasy series i guess because it's a different world and you need to you know give examples of what's in that world so it goes for like anything from like the history to the places to the people it's more than setting though it's like the whole grander scope of this star wars universe yes right um i think it's what george lucas always wanted but never could do originally I mean, I mean, the original trilogy, as as great and iconic as they are, never really did any of this because, you know, they were they were action movies that he had a specific budget for, um, and it yeah. was it was all right. about the the right. good versus evil conflict and and some things, but it never really dove into the world building, uh, quite as much as the Phantom Menace started for the rest of the franchise. Yeah. A lot of it was probably done after the fact by fans looking to, you know, expand their knowledge or come up with explanations for things and like the RPGs, That's you know, the Western point. games yeah. and all yeah. that stuff. But yeah, Phantom Menace actually had a lot of it baked into it mm-hmm. rather than relying on the fans to, to fill in the blanks. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point because I was going to make the argument that possibly the a better Star Wars movie for world building would just be A New Hope. It literally kicked off the world and showed us, you know, the Empire and this lived-in universe and what space travel looks like. And there's so much in that. But I, I think, I think it's, it's, it makes a stronger argument that the Phantom Menace does more. Like it does more world building on a bigger scale. Yeah, and probably yeah. budgets are yeah. a big reason for that. It sh- shows you how big the galaxy is. You know, the the Senate chambers with you know right. countless. Uh, delegates from you know across the galaxy. And, it, uh, it almost answers exactly. <laughs> it almost answers a lot of questions that you might have had when watching the original trilogy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, it, you know, th- it goes back. It, it kind of goes back and almost right. I don't want to use the term course corrects, but it kind of I don't know more fills exactly. in the gaps, I guess, and yeah, and, and sure. builds from that original seed. Right. And this this will come up again, but I did want to mention like just a few specifics, um, just that goes along with this world building thing. Uh, Jedi Taz on Reddit pointed out that f- this is the first time in Star Wars that we actually get to see a fully trained Jedi and Sith wield a lightsaber. Jedi in their prime. Mm-hmm. Jedi in their prime. Yeah, yeah. yeah, in their prime. Like we actually see. Oh, this is what the Jedi Order was. This is what they were capable right. of, and this is what the Sith was all about. And you know, and actually seeing that for you know on screen for the first time it was yes. such a big deal and just seeing the yeah, jedi I, order in general like the right whole... i was just about to mention that it's just you know seeing yoda and, and 
and Qui-Gon and young Obi-Wan and just being like, oh man, this is, this is really cool. And then you start to think, okay, so what happens next? Like what happens to these guys? You know, no, you know, if you went into Star Wars blind, you'd be like, oh man, really? How, how did, you know, a new hope happen? Yeah. All of this is gone in a matter of years. Like, yeah. Yeah. Jumping on that. Well, not that, but a couple of minutes ago. um, I think this is the best movie for seeing a healthy Jedi master Padawan relationship between, you know, uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan because obviously in the original trilogy and sequel trilogy, there's really no sort of like hands-on training and, you know, the whole mentorship thing going on. But in even episodes two and three, you've got Obi-Wan and Anakin, but that's, you know, that's, that's not exactly like the, the best example of the, the teacher student relationship, but this is like shows you, you know, students learning stuff from the master masters learning things from the student you know it's just just lessons involved there's just it it they just a mutual respect it's just a it's a very good example of that sort of thing at yeah. least in my mind yeah i agree yeah that's a good we point. see a lot more of it probably in the clone wars and the comics yeah i know and it's hard to separate everything else that. but in the movies right yeah You're right and and again like as far as world building it defines what that relationship is like it's the first right. time you're really seeing that how a jedi trains you know because what mm-hmm. Luke got was not the norm by any means. Uh, what else do we want to say? But we're, Oh, and also, okay, love it or hate it, there's a lot of world building in the political realm, too. Yes. Um, well, I think... Love mm-hmm. it. Yep. I can't, I can't attempt to read that. There's no vowels in it. <laughs> um, Gerntel Plummer. Gerntel Plummer on Reddit. It's showing a much different political environment than the one we see in the OT. So, so I like this because it's a callback to our last episode when we're talking about uh, title crawls and how the title yeah, crawl yeah, for yeah. this <laughs> right. movie was very about politics. Um, the second best one, if I recall. Then yeah, you see, you know, the galactic government, this republic, and how big it is. Um, you know, at times before the empire. Yeah, uh, almost too big, like unwieldy big. Right, it's kind yeah. of the vibe you get. Yeah, and well, yeah, that's what Palpatine says, basically. Yeah, it's the bureaucracy. Yeah, right. And and once again, it's a it's kind of a you know world building from this from a, a quick sentence in A New Hope, where they're like, oh, you know, the Emperor's seen the you know getting rid of the Senate, or you know, don't you don't have to worry about that anymore. Right. So like, mm-hmm. it, it's just more that of that from a new hope and I, yeah, yeah actually I seeing what the senate is what or what i guess what it was before um and even like a lot of the you know the scenes in the senate are on coruscant you see like this kind of upper class clean mm-hmm. sort of uh environment that you never saw in the original trilogy everything was kind Privileged. of like dirty and, and yeah mm-hmm. there's like the elites yeah. now and we also see the lowest end. We see slaves on Tatooine, you know, living in slums, basically. So the, you get like yeah. this huge scope of the wide range of galactic society, too. 
Right. Uh, but it's just like the more I thought about this, I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like this movie does a ton of work, and it's incredible how much time must have gone into building all this. Um, for the lead up to this movie, <laughs> like it's there's a lot, a lot that we know about the galaxy comes from the Phantom Menace. I was, I was thinking about this as I was reading the show notes earlier, and that when. The original trilogy happened. They only visited a few planets. Right. And it yeah. was, you know, Tatooine was like one section and it was just like a small group of people. And then, you know, then they went to Yavin 4 and it was just a military base. And then they went, you know, to to Cloud City and Bespin and it was just like that little amount of people. And it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of people. Yeah, so it was always kind of focused on just the main cast and everything like that. But then you get the Phantom Menace and they're walking around on Tatooine and there's just this like whole universe around them. Like you've got Watto shop and you've got Anakin's friends and you've got the pod racing and you've got it just, and then the whole thing with Naboo and the Gungans and the Senate. And it it just, it felt more complete. Yeah. More grand almost just like it's so much bigger. Um, so yeah, Phantom Menace is the best Star Wars movie for world building. I think I I wholeheartedly agree with that for yes. a lot of reasons. Fully mm-hmm. endorsed. Next one though might have a little bit of push also back agree. on. Really? No, I agree with it. Uh this is from FNC made me do this from Reddit. He said Phantom Menace is the best Star Wars movie for kids. Yeah. I could see that. It gives them somebody to identify with, you know, ten-year-old Anakin. Yeah, yeah, he's, he, he is. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Jar Jar is literally a child character for kids, so. right? The, yeah, uh, the whole pod race the thing droids, would be very exciting for a the young battle person. droids to some extent. Not, not probably more so in the other movies, but there's a little bit of that in this. Well, he makes a good point here, and he said that uh, kids just don't care about all the things that make adults dislike the film, right. which I think yep. is largely exactly. true. But I also think there's a lot of stuff in this movie that kids don't care about, anything having to do with politics or bureaucrats right. or trade disputes yeah. or blockades. It's all kind of over their heads and boring. Um, and, and just personally from my experience, and this is just because I have kids now, and they like new movies, not old movies. My kids much prefer Ray, and they're also girls. I have two girls. That's probably part of it, too. But they much prefer... Their favorite movie is Rise of Skywalker, like, hands down. That's the one that they would always want to rewatch when when it comes time, inevitably, <laughs> to watch a Star Wars movie. <laughs> um, but, so just, I, you know, can't say from experience that this is true, but I totally see why that should be the case. Um, I feel like we just haven't... Really- I haven't watched this enough with my kids. Like they, yeah, yeah. You know what? Maybe I just didn't. So I, th- I think it. our biases probably play into that. Um, my kids really enjoy the older stuff, probably more so than the newer stuff. To be honest, right? Um, but Phantom Menace, so, I feel like I just haven't played it enough, and maybe I need to start putting it on more. Yeah, I, I have to agree that this is probably the best Star Wars movie for kids in the sense that, yeah, there's some boring stuff in there that might go over kids' heads, but the pacing is still fine. That Yeah, there, like you don't have to wait long a lot before. Of, yeah. Right, there isn't a lot of downtime. There's also, 
comparatively to some of the other Star Wars movies, there's a lot less scary parts for younger kids in sure, this movie. Yeah. There's really only just when they're going through the core to feed with the the fish and everything like that. That's probably the only mm-hmm. scary part. Maybe Darth Maul, but it's less like scary, more like, you know, action packed and everything like that. But, you know, comparative to like the the Acklay and stuff from Attack of the Clones and just the Genosians in general and then all right. the other all things. All of Revenge I, of the Sith. <laughs> all of Revenge of the Sith. Big depressing um, downward spiral. There's a lot there's some there's some scarier aspects in um a new hope with the Dinoga and like the the Cantina and stuff, and then the the Wampa and then the Rancor. You could list on, everything from on and on, yeah. on and on and on. <laughs> but I I just feel like this one is less frightening for children. It's almost it's, like brighter too, doesn't it? Just feel. Yeah. I was thinking brighter? the exact like, same thing. It's bright almost all the time. Maybe they're yeah. on Tatooine. Like Attack of the Clones has its, its, its Naboo scenes where it's bright, but like a lot of this movie takes place on Naboo. It's just a beautiful planet, which yeah. which kind of helps. Or lighten Tatooine, the which literally has two suns, so it's yeah, always it's bright there. you can't avoid. I feel like most of this movie takes place outside. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. There's there's few insides. Senate and Jedi, you know, temple, right. but that's pretty much it. The rest of it takes place outside. Yeah, it feels like a very open outdoor kind of movie but overall i i definitely agree with this one yeah yeah i would say it's safe to say phantom menace is the best star wars movie for kids i think that's Mm -hmm. a very strong argument there uh next one and this might have a little bit of a caveat to it but uh this is mahomey 88 i love that name said Uh, The Phantom Menace is the best Star Wars movie for John Williams, but he continues, John Williams carrying the movie on his back was was his words. Mm. So with that Mm. disclaimer or that kind of caveat, that extra little descriptive bit, uh, I I think you could make that argument. He says the Duel of the Fates, obviously. I think, I mean, how do you not put that on your top ten? John Williams tracks in my top five. I don't know. I, the flags before the pod race is another one he yeah. mentioned. I, oh, I would yeah. say arguably this this movie is possibly, in my opinion, the mo- most epic soundtrack of all the movies. Yes. Yep. All yes, all encompassing, right. not just the main themes and everything, right. but the 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 score, the whole, th- yeah. the right. whole thing in addition. Yeah, you know, the underscore. They have, yeah. Yeah. It's the only movie with the ultimate edition, right? Or whatever it's I called. I think they're doing one for Solo. I remember seeing. Yeah, that. I heard about that. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's out. Yeah. The ultimate uh, edition, of course, being the soundtrack where they put the entire movie in theatrical order. Where they, just the music. Just yeah. the music. Yeah, it's well. You know what? The mm-hmm. closest thing you could get on Disney Plus is uh, the, the Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. You can watch mm-hmm. the movie score only. Oh yeah. So you get the which, same kind which of which makes sense. Thing. That movie probably is. The it's best a re- it's really of cool though listening sequels. to that. Yeah. 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 But when you listen to that ultimate soundtrack, you hear like background music that's like um, like when they're on Tatooine walking through the marketplace and stuff like this. Yeah. In universe music that you would you don't even notice. Yeah. 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 Well, and I feel like the next two movies, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, borrowed heavily from this soundtrack as well. Oh, yeah. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, well, yeah, as, yes, as I was the first thinking movie of a trilogy, before we it's got a lot start of heavy putting the notes together. Too. I was thinking that this was the best movie for the soundtrack. Yeah. It, yeah. I it wouldn't was, uh, argue with that either. It was cool listening to, um, another podcast talk about the music of this movie um the star wars oxygen um and just hearing the things that they would talk about from from that movie like uh you know the the song at the end the augies oh yeah that's a great example great municipal band and how it's a it's pretty much the emperor's theme yeah it's the same it's that foreshadowing or whatever yeah yeah, it's that foreshadowing and just it's just amazing it's amazing that that's what John Williams came up with for this movie yeah it's it's a celebration led by Palpatine but in a whole different way right very upbeat and victorious yeah and Anakin's theme Oh yeah, the end of that mm-hmm. has like the the last few notes of the Imperial yeah. March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 just so much. I forget so about that. Yeah, this is hands down. Yeah, this is my favorite soundtrack. It's got to be. Yeah, those mu- those musical cues, man, they're just fantastic in this soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. I guess we could say Phantom Menace is the best Star Wars movie for John Williams score, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's safe. To I would say. agree with that. All right, next one. Another great user name. This is from Anonymous Meatbag. <laughs> Said uh, Phantom Menace is the best Star Wars movie for pure George Lucas vibes. <laughs> and I totally get where he's coming from with mm-hmm. this. Well, yeah. it's like I said yeah. before. I feel like this is the movie that George Lucas wanted. Like, <laughs> right. He, he yeah. didn't have the budget in A New Hope, and he tried to get. Uh, I want to say Ron Howard was one of the directors he approached uh, from, I believe there was more than one, but I know Ron Howard, he asked Ron Howard to direct this movie and he said, no, you have to do it. And boy, did he like, <laughs> this is George Lucas through and through I mean, yeah. writing, directing, producing. He did it all. Yeah. Um, for better or worse. I mean, there's, there's obviously there's stuff that you know, <laughs> that a filmmaker you could nitpick or I feel like even he, uh, he has said in the past that he went a little bit too far with, with some of this. Yeah. Um, and I'll add another user, uh, Nairbzilla, added <laughs> that George had budget restraints in A New Hope, which we already mentioned, obviously. And after the Phantom Menace reception, so with episode two and three, he kind of had to pull back a little bit. His next two movies had to go better with audiences. But The Phantom Menace is his purest, most unfiltered movie. And I totally agree with that. This is like, Mm -hmm. you know, before he had to deal with blowback, but he had all the money he needed. Yeah. This is what he came up with. Jedi in the Prime. Yeah, straight from his brain to screen. Yeah, this was before JarJarMustDie.com. Right. I mean, he, he had entire sets for this movie that were, you only saw half of what they built because of the camera angles right. and stuff but they still built like there's a, there's a statue in a hallway in, in one of the palaces or something that like you'll it's they built the whole statue but you only see up to its waist but they they didn't like you know skimp and and do right just half a statue they built the entire set even right, if you right. weren't going to see the whole thing 
Like that's the kind of kind of stuff they put into this. Yeah, attention to detail. Yeah, I'm trying to look real quick to see how long it was in development compared to like the original trilogy. Yeah, to see if he had since he if he had more time to to flesh out his ideas. Well, more. You, I'm sure there's arguments to be made that it was in development for decades well, in his right. brain because sure. right. a lot yeah. of ideas it, were pulled from old you know unused scripts and yeah. other you know what things. i'm what i'm seeing is that he started actually actively writing it in 1994 which would give it a solid five years before right, it was released right yeah that's significant yeah and he wasn't Plenty what else was to... george lucas doing with his time yeah, nah exactly <laughs> well indiana jones more so right then yeah Eh. That was in that area. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do we got next? Oh, so, oh so this one's kind of from me, but some I'm sure a lot of people have their own opinions. But I would say that The Phantom Menace is the best Star Wars movie for three-way lightsaber dueling, which is a cop-out. But I might even argue that it's the best Star Wars movie for lightsaber dueling, period. The choreography uh, yes. was amazing. Although, yeah. I think on rewatch, I actually did appreciate Revenge of the Sith choreography yeah. a lot more Same than here. I originally thought I did. Phantom Menace has a special place in my heart, though, because yes, I just remember I being young in the theater, watching Jedi, yeah. just the opening scene even which is, you know, against CGI battle droids, but it, I just loved watching them just carve through those droids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, this was the first the time we got to see like, this. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, yeah. But, you know, it's all about the duel of the fates at the end. Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, duking it out in the, uh, what is that thing called? Reactor? The reactor ch- chamber, whatever. Generator. Yeah. Thing. Still don't understand its whole purpose. Pillars of purple light. <laughs> um, to, yeah, it, no. Its I, purpose I, was to build uh, suspense. That's what its purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I no, I think that whole lightsaber fight is probably my favorite. Just just to how it how it plays out. Like Qui Gon goes to to attack Darth Maul and like. He deflects back, but then def- but then puts his double sided lightsaber behind him to deflect Obi Wan or that that well, yeah, one you, scene. I mean, you even just said it, double bladed lightsaber. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, come on, this is the first yeah. time we're seeing that. Yeah. The acrobatics, the like, the use of the force, and like, right, and like kicking, and yep. like, it's just so much more dynamic. And, yes. Yeah, how it moves from room to room, yes. you know, setting to setting. Yes. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, they did that in Empire Strikes Back, obviously, yeah, but sure. this one is just, you know, Another level. Uh, much Could, more energetic. Because right. it goes back to it's a like, time where this art wasn't, uh, it wasn't lost to time and to the Sith. Right. Um, and, and so we get to see that in this movie for the first time. And uh, it is so much fun. Let me also mention that this is the. I want to say it's the only movie of the franchise that, I mean, it wasn't successful, but there was, during a duel, there was a fake out where Obi-Wan pretended to lunge forward to attack Darth Maul, and then (laughs) Qui-Gon attacked it, you know, instead, and then Obi-Wan pulled back. He did like a head fake. It it felt more like (laughs) an actual (laughs) combat, more like an actual combat than just like, 
let me just swing this sword around, you know, CGI wise. Right. Right. And I think we talked when yeah. we when we first or when we rewatched these movies last year, I think we talked a bit about how the choreography is like so tight that on rewatch you can kind of just see that they're going through the motions. Yeah. Yes. However, yeah. you know, we said I think we said this at the time too. They are right. Jedi. That's pretty much right. what they're doing. These are yeah. movements and yeah. practiced things that they're they're ingrained. So uh But you have to assume then that that they they train for these sort of situations, even though that they think that the Sith are gone. Right. So right. They must be still, you know, keeping up with this stuff I just, and, I was, and, and I, doing simulations and whatnot. Yeah, I was reading I'm rereading, re listening to Master and Apprentice that book that focuses on obi-wan and qui-gon their padawan master dynamic i think but there's like this whole conversation that obi-wan has with uh the princess in that book about how two jedi would never fight to the death in lightsaber combat she's asking like well what happens when Mm -hmm. two jedi fight and obi-wan's just like it never happens it never could happen so they train they spar for something that they see as an impossibility (laughs) until Darth Maul shows up but then they're ready for him Well, doesn't, As we see. Isn't, isn't there a whole section too where Qui-Gon is talking about the importance of the different lightsaber forms to Obi-Wan too and, and learning all the Yeah, that's everything. a whole thread in that book too. Yeah. We, he's, he doesn't train Obi-Wan in other forms. He sticks to the basics for years and years. Yeah, because you need to get the, that foundation in order to do all the yeah, crazy right. stuff that they're able to do later. First, you must master the basics. Then you can do the flips. Yeah. <laughs> that was my Qui-Gon That's pretty good That was good Yeah yeah. So right. there it is So yeah uh, Phantom Menace is the best Star Wars movie for Lightsaber dueling Between three yeah. people I, I say definitely Three way lightsaber yes. duel Hands down <laughs> Yes Well how many have there been Well there's the Dooku Anakin oh. Yeah Ish in episode two, and then a rematch in episode three, both of which yeah. Obi Wan is sidelined yeah. like yeah. a chump. Yes, yes, yep. But yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And then last, but certainly not least, the last one is mine. So <laughs> I put this in because it has it definitely has a special place in my heart. The Phantom Menace is the best movie for the Phantom Menace video game because. <laughs> As terrible as this video game, I think we did an episode about this, didn't we? Already, we talked. Yeah, we about talked. It. I think we talked about video games. Yeah. You got to mention, but no other, none of the other movies got a video game like this. And and I had episode three did, and it's episode it's three good. did, yeah, and it's pretty yeah. good game. Is it? Is it similar? Was it similar to this? No, it's like an action beat 'em up kind of style. It wasn't okay. like this RPG this, this is almost, style. I mean, there was no like progression or anything with your character, but it was almost like right. story driven, like RPG style. Yeah. Conversations where you choose the dialogue options. Yeah, and right. it was, I, I still remember it as possibly some of my fondest memories of the Phantom Menace period. Yeah. I say again, just like I loved watching the opening scene with them chopping through battle droids. I loved as clunky as the combat was. In that <laughs> game, I loved playing that yes. opening scene. Yeah. To do it myself. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't... But the Revenge of the Sith game is a better video game. I never played down. it. It, mo- I, it most definitely played, is. I never played it. 
So this it's kind of like the uh, like the Lord of the Rings, like the Two Towers right. and the Return of the King games, like just like action combo, which are you know the best movie based video games of all time. Wow, yeah, they're up there. They're up there. I no, that's I mean one hundred percent Spider Man two. I never okay. I never played okay. the Revenge of the Sith one. Um, but it does sound a little bit more simplified than the Phantom Menace game. I don't know. I just yeah. But you can't get those. The oh, so, actually, you know what? In in uh, in the Revenge of the Sith video game, it's James Arnold Taylor doing the voice of Obi Wan, mm-hmm. so oh, it actually oh, really? sounds appropriate. Instead of, although the the voice actors for the Phantom Menace game were pretty good, yeah, it wasn't bad. Like they they're decent well, yeah. sound Follow me, you know. And it's the, Jake Lloyd, the real Jake Lloyd. Oh yeah. The um, hmm. Phantom Menace video game almost felt like a alpha Bioware game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was because you had the three choices and everything right. like that, and it would change things. And then, you know, you'd still get the same outcome, but you might have to do something differently. Like, oh, you know, you said the wrong thing to Watto. Now you have to go talk to this other guy. If you right. attack him, he's going to, you know, his shop turns into a, you know, yeah, yeah. turrets come yeah. out of the ground and start yeah, shooting right, at you. Right, I mean, yeah. it, I mean, or it was. You could break. I think we talked about it. Yeah, we talked about that before. You could break the whole game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You could just go yeah. around and just kill, kill everybody. Just kill everybody no in most Eisley. I mean, it wasn't a good game. Yeah. Like there, there yeah. was some, definitely some problems with it. Um, but yeah, I, I just have such a fondness for it that I, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't not say something about that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So the Phantom Menace one. is the best Star Wars movie for the Phantom Menace video game. <laughs> <laughs> you won't find a game based on the Phantom Menace based on any other movie, right? Will you? Exactly. Oh. Uh, I didn't think so. <laughs> oh, unless you count the Lego games. Okay. Oh come on! <laughs> hey, yeah, hmm. yeah, those are better. But you know what? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Boring conversation, anyway. All right, well, there we have it. That's what The Phantom Menace does better than any other Star Wars movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. We probably missed some things, but I think that was a decent, a decent shot it was at a it. a good roll-up. I of- think those are, the, those are the majors. I'm sure there's some minor things, creature-wise, species-wise, if you want to get into that whole thing, but... Which we I think yeah. I think the major... <laughs> was what we touched on. So we'll, we'll have to do this again f- for the other movie. I I I really want to do it for Attack of the Clones after I was so so mean to Attack of the Clones. This is unfairly mean the other day. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think uh, yeah, I think uh, Return of the Jedi is calling too. They they want some redemption from you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we'll see. We'll get to that eventually. I don't know. Um. So next week, are we just gonna take a week off? Next week, uh, it could just be um, Jawas are the best Star Wars creatures. Four. Okay. Let's can we finish up this episode? And then, uh, yeah, we gotta wrap it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is there to say? Uh, tell us what you think on Twitter, or check out. The Star Wars Cantina subreddit. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a good place. Good discussions there. Yeah. 
promote our podcast so we don't have to. Yeah. Say you Say warts and all sent you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, we need Sounds fans. So lame. But do it for real. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, tell your friends about us. Thanks for listening. The door is open. Let's go. To bed. <laughs> I was waiting for... <laughs> I was waiting for that or... Uh, you're feeling so very well, but I'm glad you're doing. Forty-one. Forty-one. The room is filling with points of gas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, seriously, I farted. I got to turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>